The Island Portugal Business Network is comprised of more than 150 member companies based in Portugal and Ireland. These companies are from a wide range of industries and professions and represent in excess of 25,000 people. So, uh, my name is Ellis Dixon. I am the content manager for the IPBN, and I'm here with, uh, with my guest, Florine, in anticipation of our fourth annual sustainability conference and as part of the Energy Efficiency Solutions. We'll be covering there. We're very pleased to welcome today to the IPBN podcast series, and as already our 12th episode, uh, the IPBN member, Florine, from founder of Smart Hoods. Uh, Smart Hoods develops modern, self-sufficient eco-villages that supply their own energy, food, and water, ranging from 100 to 2,000 households. Uh, welcome, Florin. Yeah, thanks for having me, Alice. No worries. We're excited to hear a little bit more about your project. Um, so I'm going to hand the floor over to you quickly just to give us a little bit of background about yourself and um, how, the, how the idea for Smart Hoods came about. Yeah, sure. So my name is uh, Florijn de Graaf uh, and I'm a renewable energy engineer specialized in uh, sustainable heat and power systems as well as building technology. And my, yeah, let's call it journey, started uh, 10 years ago when I was uh, helping to build my father's house uh, in an eco neighborhood in the east part of the, the Netherlands. Um, it is a community of uh, yeah, sustainable houses that uh, are derived from the, the Earthship type buildings. Uh, some of you may know it's a, it's a type of yeah, passive solar uh, construction, which means that um, uh, the, the houses use make, make optimal use of, of all the sunlight coming in to, to heat the house and, and to retain the heat, um, as well as using only uh, recycled, locally sourced and sustainable construction materials. And this neighborhood in the in the east part of the Netherlands, it's called the, the Aardehuizen. And it's the most self-sufficient and most sustainable neighborhood of the Netherlands. Uh, and I, th I think it still is today. And uh, yeah, when I was 23 years old at the time, uh, I spent six months to, to help construct uh, this neighborhood. Uh, so I was like the, the apprentice of a, of a carpenter there. And, and he taught me how to... Uh, do everything from cladding to roof to insulation to uh, creating the window frames. Um, and we also built the, the, the back walls of these houses with uh, car tires filled with uh, rammed earth so that they would basically be pumped up by the earth and used as bricks in a, in a wall. And yeah, while, while building that... Uh, I actually got super inspired. I mean, it was a, it's still, it's, it's a very beautiful project. Um, my father lives there now. I've lived there as well for almost a year. And it's just a very wholesome, happy, yeah, almost perfect neighborhood where, where people, you know, work in the gardens on, on Saturday and everyone knows each other because they've been through this building process together. And, oh, it sounds idyllic. Yeah. Absolutely idyllic. And it seems like also quite good exercise for you. You said you were twenty three. Yeah, I was twenty three. I was still in uh, in uh, in my uh, in my in my uh, graduate studies at the time. Amazing, heavy lifting uh, for for the brawn and master's studies for the brain. Exactly, exactly, and that's also a very good combination, I think, and also something I'm trying to achieve with Smart Hoods is this this balance between sitting behind the computer and actually building stuff in real life. 
Amazing. And uh, the, you're currently working with Smart Hoods and different project developments throughout Europe, of which, uh, as, as far as I know, the Netherlands and Portugal are the biggest represented markets. Um, can you tell me a bit more about your projects in Portugal? Yeah, so I first came to Portugal two years ago. Uh, at the time, it was for, for a festival I was attending. And I got into contact with a, with a few people um, who then during Corona, uh, I, I came to live with, like I lived in the South of Portugal, uh, for four months in a, in a villa, uh, as a sort of like digital nomad working villa. And, and one of the guys who I met there, he told me about this place in Portugal called traditional dream factory. And it's a regenerative co-working co-living space in, in Alentejo. And it's basically like a, like a sort of hippie community for, for digital nomads. And last summer, I decided to, uh, to go there to check it out. Uh, and I saw what was happening there. And they're trying to regenerate the land. And they have very high ambitions of creating a network of 100 of these type of communities throughout Portugal. And then when I came there, um, I, I checked it out. I really liked it. Uh, it was a bit on the, the hippie side, but uh, that's that's also a lot of fun. And when I came if back, came here for yeah. festival, if you came here for a festival in Portugal originally, my guess is that you're 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 comfortable with that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. I mean, uh, yeah, it was it was a very nice. It was a week long festival called Boom, uh, okay. which is also very much centered around the topic of regeneration. And then last fall, I decided to uh, apply myself to uh, traditional dream factory for uh, three months to help them build a few systems there. And so I went there, um, I built a helified filter, which is a, a yeah, sort of a gray water filtration system that uses natural plants. So it's like a pool with plants that, that filter the, the gray water from the kitchen and the toilets. And while being there, I got in contact with a lot of uh, people in, let's say, the, the regenerative space, which is really booming in Portugal, uh, as I found out. And I got in contact not only with, let's say, the the more hippie style eco-village people, but also the more serious uh, real estate project developer people. And uh, I'm still in contact with, uh, with with all of them right now. There's There's about four different projects uh, starting in, in Portugal that all aim to build uh, yeah, regenerative communities uh, that have like very sustainable construction methods, uh, sustainable power, uh, and also all own food production and also want to regenerate the land. So really bring the life back into some of these areas which have been very uh, struck by drought and, and, and other ecological, uh, how do you say, hazards. Um, so yeah, like the, Portugal is really becoming a, a hotbed, I would say, for for these type of regenerative, regenerative projects. And it also attracts a very interesting mix of indeed the more, yeah, the, the, the more, uh, I keep calling it hippie, but for, for lack of a better word, but it's true. There's a lot of, of hippie communities in, in Portugal, uh, but there's also now this, this new demographic of digital nomads, like people that can work remotely, that have money, uh, that want to live in a nice climate, in a nice location, also outside of the city. And these, these project developers that I'm in contact with, they're really catering to this 
new demographic, this new crowd. And, and I would say within Europe, as far as I can tell, Portugal really is, is the place to be for that. Amazing. So uh, what do you see for the future? I mean, where do you see this concept in five to 10 years time? Do you think it will evolve to, to larger and, and uh, I guess, more frequent communities of this type? Or do you think it will just, they'll perfect what they've already got? Yeah, I, I think uh, the the how do you say the direction of, of developments is, is very clear. Um, like people want to live more sustainably. It, it, people want to also live more in, in touch with nature and with each other. There's a certain yeah, also how do you say like resentment of of the, uh, the current capitalistic society that we create with with all its problems that people want to move away from. So it's it's. This new generation, also, I think, of, of people who want to do things uh, differently, and and it's 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 growing. It's definitely growing. Like my father was one of the first uh, ten years ago, and and since then you can just see by the amount of talk there is about it, and by the amount of subsidies and grants that are being handed out to regenerative projects that it's something that is very high on the agenda, also on a on a European level. Uh, well, it's, yeah. it's responsible for the for the government as well as for for those who who opt to live this way. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense. Um, tell me about some of the obstacles that you find in implementing and developing these villages. Yeah. So so I think um, uh, like like I said, it's it's definitely uh, gaining ground. At least the, the the idea of living in a more communal, regenerative style neighborhood. Um, and at the same time, I also think it's, it's well, it's not in its infancy. I mean, com communities have existed since the 60s, but this regenerative, circular, sustainable touch, that's, that's a new touch to it, I would say. And I think it initially also attracts a lot of dreamers, uh, so people who who want to have or to do things differently, but they don't really exactly know how. Like I, I would say like some of the, the projects also in Portugal, but also what I've seen in the Netherlands where people try to create their own neighborhood bottom up, including the ones of my, my father. Um, it's, it's, it's very difficult to do this from the ground up uh, with the people themselves because they need to learn how to build, how to, manage a project uh, and they, they basically have to reinvent the wheel right. and a, a lot of times like money isn't super well available in these type of projects as well so i think what's what's really a, a, a barrier there or a challenge is to to bring let's say the more top-down uh, experienced let's say capitalist way of doing things and combining it with this this bottom-up approach and and that's also what what smarthoods is, is trying to achieve good um okay so why why portugal why did you choose it um did you see that there was potential here and maybe financial support that you didn't see anywhere else in europe along your travels yeah it's it's funny i, I think i mean i i moved to portugal during corona for yeah corona reasons yeah, because it was a place where everything was still open and, and the weather was good. And I mean, it was a great decision. I, I had a lot of fun and also living in this, this villa with other digital nomads. And that was at a time when I was still working for my previous company uh, two years ago. 
And that was also at the time when I got my first client for, for Smart Hoods, because I started to work on Smart Hoods uh, on the side. Um, and so I basically rolled into, yeah, rolled into Smart Hoods in Portugal. And then I came back last summer. And then when I was at Traditional Dream Factory, that's when I found out there were all these people who were wanting to do things differently and were, were thinking about regenerative communities and, and eco-villages. And that really opened my eyes. And I saw the, that there was just so much happening in Portugal that now I've also uh, been, been playing with the idea of basically making uh, Smart Hoods like a, a sort of hybrid Portuguese-Dutch company uh, where we would do both projects in, in the Netherlands and in, in Portugal. Um, and also having like, let's say this cross-pollination of ideas uh, from these different places. So, you know, the Netherlands is, is obviously a bit farther ahead when it comes to like sustainable building technology and, and uh, making highly uh, efficient, uh, uh, sustainable projects, um, whereas Portugal is, is very much further ahead in this sort of community living aspect. And I think the, 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 the beauty is when these two come together. And that's also well, what I'm trying to do with Smart Hoods. Amazing. Um, let me ask you, uh, how are the villages um, development funded? I mean, what kind of investment did you secure? And do you think that the EU could do more to help in developing these kinds of concepts? Yeah, so so maybe uh, to be clear, I, I realized I didn't introduce Smart Hoods properly. Um, but with, with Smart Hoods, we are not a project developer. Okay. Uh, so Smart Hoods, we help project developers uh, by doing the, the regenerative systems engineering aspect of project developments. Uh, with the goal of creating integrated food, water, energy systems. So basically to provide all your energy needs, all your uh, your water needs, and, and well, not all your food needs, but ha have some local food production on site and integrating all these systems. So um, that's that's what we do with Smart Hoods. And uh, like for us, the, the, the clients are the project developers. They're basically okay. like the investors for uh, for these projects, um, and so the the, the funding for for smartwatch comes from them. Uh, and yeah, other than that, like these these project developments, just follow a reasonably standard project development path where uh, you have this project developer who uh, scouts a, a plot of land and then decides to develop it and has has either money itself or or gets it from the bank. Um, and at the same time, to answer the second part of your question, uh, there is also a lot of support uh, from the EU, um, especially in Portugal, I found out. Uh, I, I got in contact uh, with a guy from Brazil who lives in Portugal called Edgar Marcondes, and he works for a company called Start PME that, that um, helps uh, secure funding and, and subsidies uh, uh, for regenerative projects in Portugal. And he told me, that this year there is a 23 billion euro uh yeah it's it's not a package it's like distributed over different packages and programs and subsidies and grants going towards portugal from from the eu and from the portuguese government to 
help stimulate the, the local business environment, specifically for businesses in tech, sustainability, and hospitality. Wow, that is a significant number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and are you, uh, are you, I'm assuming that you're planning to, uh, to apply for this, uh, this package? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking with Edward quite a bit right now, and I've also introduced him to, to all the project developers that I've been in, in contact with. And we have a whole plan ready to uh, attract all these different funds and grants. And I think you can get up to 15 or 25 million euro uh, grant called the Productive Innovation Grant uh, for regenerative projects in, uh, in in Portugal. So there, there's a lot of support. Yeah, that's in, that's incredible. Um, and uh, in terms of uh, what you're currently working on, uh, I Arnold had mentioned to me that that you've been working on a, a concept called the Elvil. Yeah. I, I hope I'm not mispronouncing that. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, that's that's an interesting project. It's where I am right now. It's too bad the, the camera is off, but I'm on the Elleville side right now. And, and uh, so last fall, uh, when I met or when I was in Portugal on another week-long festival called Gathering of Tribes, which was a festival that was, as, as the name says, a, a gathering of tribes and the tribes being all the different eco-villages in Portugal. They came together near Odemira for a week uh, for... Yeah, it wasn't even a festival. It was more like a conference, but not a normal style conference, more like a hippie style conference where everyone uh, slept in tents uh, around the topic of regenerative villages. So the whole week there were like lectures and uh, events and, and uh, around the topic of uh, regeneration. And there I met a, a guy in who was in a camp because that's the interesting thing. Like there, there were like a lot of, let's say, people living in these eco-villages that came there. But there was also one tent camp outside, a bit outside of the rest of the tents that had uh, that housed um, uh, a lot of venture capitalists looking to invest in, in, in this movement. And I met a guy there called uh, Karsten. And he told me he wanted to to develop a uh, hundred eco villages, and he was talking to a Danish guy called Morten Lund. Um, and later on, he introduced me to him. And Morten Lund, he wants to develop ten thousand eco villages because he has this scalable eco village concept called Elleville. Um, and basically, the idea of Elleville is to yeah create eco villages as a product uh, that can be replicated at scale. So all the, the elevators will have pretty much the same design. One house can be built in one day uh, using uh, CLT construction methods. So basically the, the house comes uh, pre-packaged on, on panels on a truck that are stacked in order of, of use. And then the, the truck um, hoists them to the side of the house and then you just screw them together. And we demonstrated last month that we can build one, well, at least the, the frame for one house in, in five hours. So wow. it's, it's really fast. And and the idea is now with Elevilla to uh, demonstrate the first one. So tomorrow marks the deadline of the, the first phase uh, in which we have built a house, a sauna, um, also like a, a utility uh, shed that houses all the, the heat power, electricity and, and 
other systems. And the next phase is to build three houses. And then we want to build the whole village of 76 houses. And once that's done and we can demonstrate the, the speed and the, and the low cost, then there is already a line of more than 25 other locations that also want to have this, this concept. So I'm involved in this project now um, as, the, as the engineer with, the, with Smart Hoods for the, for the systems. Uh, and I'm living in the, the, the basement of, of Mortenlund. And uh, yeah, over the past three months, we've been working uh, week and weekends to, uh, to, to, yeah, to, to demonstrate it. And we are also looking to, to move towards Portugal uh, once we can demonstrate it. It, it sounds incredible. You had me at house and sauna in five hours. <laughs> well, I'm I'm super thrilled about all the work you're doing, and it seems like you've got you know a, a bright and incredible future ahead. Uh, not only personally speaking, but uh, for for your mark to be made uh, on the people of this planet it seems like um, it seems like there really is a, a sustainable way to to move forward as you know as we as we live and grow together. And and it's wonderful to know that people like you are supporting it. Right. Um, so before I sign off, I just wanted to thank you once more for uh, for joining us on the IPBN podcast, and we really do look forward to hearing more from you as uh, as a speaker at the IPBN Sustainability Conference on Friday. Uh, I hope you're ready. I am. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I'd also like to put it to our listeners that if uh, anyone wants to join us at the conference and to celebrate St. Patrick's Day in Lisbon, then they should go to the website www.ireland-portugal.com and register. Uh, we hope to all see you there. Uh, we have a great program and lineup of keynote speakers such as Florine, and we are really, really looking forward to, to kicking it off uh, and, and seeing all, all, all our members together. So uh, thank you once more, Florine, for joining us. Yeah, perfect. See you Friday. This has been a production of the IPBN in partnership with Pink Room. For more information, visit us online at island-portugal.com and on LinkedIn at Island Portugal Business Network. For more IPBN podcasts, find us on Spotify or visit our website for the full list of episodes.